Incoming chat. All right. Welcome everybody to season two of Incoming Chat. And we need to start it with a bang, just like the way we finished season one. We're gonna start some, with something big. And it's not, a, it's not gonna be a fight, but we're gonna have a healthy discussion of growth hacking and how much I think is bullshit. But Tomic here, Tomic Duda, which is the director of growth of Ladder.io, is gonna explain us why it's not. And, or maybe why it is. I don't know, man. I hate growth hacking, sorry. It's, it's just part of the... Welcome but, to the club, really. <laughs> I know. I Spoiler, mean, I don't we, like it. Exactly. We were talking a little bit before, so we'll, we'll get into what, what's our vision of growth hacking. But before we start, Tommy, can you give us a little intro of what you've been doing for the last few years? Yeah, sure. So I'm, I basically built the first growth hacking agency back in when the, when the buzzword was cool and it wasn't overused uh, in Poland. It was over three years ago. And a little bit over two years ago, we were acquired by Ladder. Long story short, we started working together because we looked for a tool that Ladder had. Uh, we started working with them with Last White Label. Then we became one big power, one big family. We had a cool trip to New York as a whole company where we got snowed in nearby. And there was no electricity, so seven out of 10 people from Poland didn't make it to their flight. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, happens. nonetheless, we, we have offices in New York, London, one person in Austin and, and Wrocław here. Uh, so we used to call ourselves a like growth hacking agency. No, no longer we do. And what I do, I do growth for a growth marketing agency because that's what we call ourselves these days, uh, which is a pretty, pretty tough job. But basically, I'm responsible for the leads we get in. I'm responsible for, for the Polish entity here. So mostly content these days, uh, some PPC. Um, I'm actually start, starting to think about my podcast, so probably a competitor to you. So nah, I'm going to stuff you with keywords so you get banned. We have a loyal following, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, you're talking about the changing uh, from growth hacking to growth. And um, the reason why, and I want to explain, the reason why I always thought growth hacking was bullshit is just because in my vision, when I start hearing about the buzzword and growth hacking as thing, is that, all right, growth hacking, so you're going to try everything. You're going to charge me to try everything and see what sticks. I can do that myself. Now, that sort of mentality is popular. Everybody thinks they can do everything themselves. But, um, and I remember you sort of, Explain me better that it's not just like that. So just for the people who th still think growth hacking is just doing a bunch of things and charging a lot of money to people for, for just trying stuff that they could do at home, um, give, give me your, your conception of, and even if you're not going to use the word hacking, just how you see this, this approach to growth. So the growth hacking approach is a lot of throwing spaghetti against the wall, seeing what sticks really. A lot of people are going to bring up the example of Airbnb and Craigslist or Dropbox in the referral scheme. But a lot of the times, it's not going to be a sustainable growth that they're going to be able to achieve. Like Craigslist was able to ban this soon after. Dropbox has been able to utilize their referral scheme for a long time, and it's, and it's still working. But, and, but to not too many people know that it came after over 700 experiments. So it's the tip of the iceberg that people don't know that there's a huge thing underwater that would really... It's not very visible, and there's a lot of hard work, a lot of failure, a lot of systematic approach that just did not get to the public because basically it's not sexy. People don't want to see that. They want to see the success. They want to see that great story, yeah. the red carpet. But just the like, hard like the, work, the meme with the tip of the iceberg, exactly, and you don't see the rest. Exactly. So growth hacking is not very sustainable. It's literally like a shot in the dark that you're trying to get something out of nothing. 
And a lot of the time, it's going to take you a long, long, long period of time to fi figure out what's that going to be or just going blind and not finding anything and dying like a lot of startups do because they've been looking for that one hack that's going to get them into Fortune 500, whatever. But, but that's what people get. I mean, they, they get this conception um, and, and when they see companies like, like you mentioned, Craigslist or Airbnb or even personalities like some famous CMOs that I'm not going to name, but everybody knows who they are. <laughs> they're like, wow, these guys, they really know what they're doing. Like, I, I mean, they even start their own patrons and start charging people for advice when the only experience they can say is like, well, look, I try everything and all this crap didn't work for me and this actually works. And when you hear that, is it, that's, that's basically what growth hacking sort of touches, right? The, I mean, just, just to see what really yeah. works. Now, how is that viable for small companies? Uh, how, how, or because small companies they they they're broke, mm -hmm. they hardly have any money, and they have this concept of bootstrapping that if you're going to bring a marketing mm -hmm. person, they're going to have to do things with hmm. no money. Yeah. So how how you see this this ap applicable for them? I just came up with a cool analogy. Basically, there was a gold rush in California that everybody rushed there to find some gold and get rich. So I kind of see this as this guy who just goes there randomly without any geological experience or equipment, just basically looking for some gold, hoping to get lucky, putting everything on one card and hoping that it's going to make him rich. And that is not a very systematic approach, not a very process-driven one, but it's purely luck and hard work. I'm not going to lie. While the actual thing that works and has worked for a lot of companies and for the people that actually know their shit about growth, that you actually need this geological experience. You need to figure out how, what kind of a ground there is to have better chances of figuring out, okay, there's gold here. Let's start digging. Instead of just going all over the desert with a shovel and hoping for the best. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> um, money-wise and, and, and the, the, the system that growth hacking it was supposed to use or is, is now just plain growth is using, right? So we, we know that... We try a lot of things, we stick with what works, and we focus on that area. Yeah. However, I still see this little bit of hacking, because when, when people hear the hacking idea, it's like, right, we're going to skip all that shit. We're going to find, really, what works, so we don't have to spend money in the things that don't work. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that are still around, um, and we were talking before about LinkedIn, and I've been working really hard to get about 4,000 followers in, in the last year. But you see people with no experience, no marketing um, ideas or no value, no, no real content out there with thousands of followers mm -hmm. and they keep posting nothing, right? No, no, no value or anything. And, and then you start digging in and they're, they're using all these hacking tools that bots, pods or whatever you want to call them and, and just to achieve some stuff. Like how, what do you feel about that? It's, just, it's cheating. It's cutting in line. <clears throat> Because there are good practices like the ones you've told me about before, and that's healthy organic growth that's going to be sustainable. With bots, all of a sudden one thing from LinkedIn is going to happen. They get banned. Half of their followers are gone. They're going to start, start crying. Oh, no, I don't have any followers. I've lost my credibility. <laughs> it's like with Twitter. You have tons of bot accounts. A lot of people have actually had these uh, bot followers. That you can buy thousands of them for literally a couple of bucks. Same on Instagram. Like the, the recent story with an influencer with millions of followers who wasn't able to sell 20 t-shirts. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Come on, dude. It's complete uh, bullshit. And people, people know this. And 
I would feel dirty if I were doing this, literally. And I know that it's just not sustainable and growth is about sustainability and we keep repeating this. One growth hack might get you a spike in users, sales, leads, whatever else you want. But in order to sustain it, you need to build a framework around it. You need to make it more process driven. You need to understand what happened, why, what worked, what didn't, what should we invest in, what should we cut down because it's just not worthwhile. And that entire thing, that's really growth marketing because the one key element that's differentiating growth hacking and growth marketing is sustainability. So when you when you start with a company, uh, doesn't matter the size, let's say like a medium small company. Mm -hmm. When they come to you, like what are the what, what's the first step of the process? Like how how will you figure out, or or literally, what is the first thing you do with them? So we have an intro call. Uh, I've I've had lots of those while uh, present in sales process. So we figure out what do they actually do, because that's pretty important. What are the goals? What kind of budgets do they have? What kind of expectations do they have regarding what we're going to do? Because if they want to grow 100% week over week, I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Unless you have one user and you want to grow by one user each week and then by two, sure. But that's probably not enough budget to, to work on by, by an agency because it's going to be a small company. And what we do right after that is we do an audit to figure out what has happened in the past, if they have any data to look at, what has worked, what hasn't, what can we scale, what hasn't been tried before, so we could go in there based on our previous experience uh, from, from different clients, either in the same industry or in different industries, or something that worked in the past for us, we can try that and see that where it's gonna take us. Basically, building a tactical plan, which is exactly one step by uh, at a time, uh, what are we going to do to reach that goal? Is it going to be a Facebook campaign? Is it going to be targeting single moms? Is it going to be a creative with dogs? Is it going to be a landing page? Is it going to be an email campaign? Whatever else is going to be, we put it in there. We rate them on their impact, on their possibility of success, and the, the cost. So how much resource or money needs to be input to, to make it happen. And based on that, we choose the ones that are the most opportunistic to leverage their growth and, and basically bring them to the goal, whether it's subscribers, whether it's purchasers, yeah, right. whatever else that's going to be. And we present it to them. It's free of charge. It's an outsized process for like, qualified leads. And, and based on that, they're like, okay, you know your shit. Let's start doing this together. Or they're like, you guys are totally crap. And no, actually, that, that never happened. No, no. <laughs> that's good to hear. Luckily, good to hear. luckily. Uh, and, and we've worked with over 200 companies. We've still been able to work with pretty big ones, with some small ones. It, it's, pre, it's a pretty cool story that this systematic approach works for everyone. It worked for Booking.com, it worked for small startups that we've been working with. It's pretty cool and it's easy to scale. It's just a matter of being rigorous about this process. And that's what we focus on. What's what's really working nowadays? What's, um, I mean, because it changes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Facebook is out, everybody's on Facebook. Yeah. What, what's working right now? What's, uh, and I don't mean the platform, I mean, what kind of marketing activity or marketing initiative is working better these days in Europe? <laughs> so what are the growth hacks, right? That famous question. Yeah, Damn show me the growth hacks. Trying, Pull just... them out of your sleeve. Let me get my cylinder. How I can get more people in the podcast now? <laughs> you can get more people by buying some views from Pakistan. <laughs> Yay. Your boss is going to be happy. Oh, Marcus, good, good, more views. Yeah, I know. Good. <laughs> uh, what, we, what we actually do is pretty limited to paid advertising, but there is a story behind it. If you want to do organic, fine, def perfectly fine. And that should be part of your marketing mix. And it's going to be snowball that's going to be rolling. But paid is going to be able to figure out who are your target personas. 
what do they react to? What kind of stimuli? What kind of creative? What kind of emotion? What kind of rationale? What kind of copy? And based on that, you can shape your entire marketing mix better through this understanding because there's no faster way than figuring this out through paid. There's a cool story that I, I saw from, I think it's NFX Guild. They, it's from a long time ago. It's when, it's, uh, I think it was like 2007, 2008, when Facebook games were big. And what they did is before they wrote a the first line of code, they actually came up with some Facebook ads and spent like $200 to figure out what are people going to click? Like dragons of Amazon, um, Vikings of uh, Valhalla, whatever else. And they came up with different titles. They just put them on the ad and saw which ones got the best click-through rates. They did that with a prefix, then with a suffix. And what they came, at the, came with at the end is Amazons of, was that city underwater? Atlantis. Atlantis, exactly. Wow, so, that's, that's but then they're like, wait, wait. People, add dragons. people <laughs> want to see boobs. That's why they oh clicked Amazons. God. Well, so, I mean, it's but what was second? Dragons of Atlantis. They did the game. They put it together. First year of functioning, 120 million in revenue. Wow. See, that's as simple as it gets. You figure out what people want, then you build it. It's not like, oh, I think I should build this because I'm a programmer and I want to. I think everybody's going to use it. That's not user-centric approach. That's me-centric approach. And there's not a lot of me's around the world. I want to figure out what the consumers are going to buy, what they're willing to pay for, what's useful to them. Because at the end of the day, they're going to bring me to business. That's true. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned the games because I, I do get a lot of um, a lot of boobs games advertised. And now now it makes more sense. You're probably at that age. Yeah. But for, I'm, I'm the target person. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, going back to what you mentioned about the target person, because uh, it happened to me before. Um, I, I took my time as a marketing consultant for a while. And what I was very surprised is to get to companies and ask, all right, who's your target persona? Or who is your target customer? Or what's your customer journey like, look like? And nothing. They, I mean, nope. these are companies that they exist. They've been around for a while. And, and you, they have, you expect them to exactly, actually know their which, shit. Which is the stuff that for you, you'll start with that, right? But then, yeah, nothing. How you deal with companies that they don't have the concept? Well, we just charge them more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes, that makes no, sense man, for sure. so there's a way around it because we have something called a creative strategy workshop where we come up with, okay, who is your target persona? And we start giving them different propositions of who that's going to be building that person, whether it's male, female, what age, what kind of an income do they have, where do they work, what kind of interests they have. And we put together like three, five of these. And what we can figure out later is what kind of stimuli can we apply? Because it's all a game of psychology, really. Let's not lie to ourselves. Whether you click a Facebook ad, it's not about me putting together the right ad. It's about you actually reacting to it, it being effective and reaching this one place in your brain like, oh, okay, I'm going to click Doing it. Another click, yeah. Exactly. And that one click, it might cost $1, might cost $50. Depends on the, the service or product. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of this person actually clicking inside and then clicking on the screen. And in order to get that, you need to understand what makes them click. It's like with dating. You need to know what women like when you're a guy, of course, or you just like women. Whatever you like. Exactly. Whatever you like. We all, I'm all, I'm all uh, about a rainbow. I actually had a rainbow t-shirt yesterday on. I'm, I'm totally supporting everything that's happening good now. Good on you. Good on you. And uh, you figure out what these women like. And then you're like, okay, so I should be a nice guy. I should, I should take them to dinner or whatever. And then a similar approach you can apply to marketing because 
it's also not an analogy. Nobody's going to marry you on the first date. Yeah. So you can construct a funnel. Like, for example, first, have them see your video. On, like, this is a strategy we've actually been using. It's uh, proposed by Facebook as a good practice. First, you get people, a very broad audience, to see your video, to get to know your brand, your product, whatever else you have. Then, based on the people who actually saw that video, long enough for like 50%, 75%, you can, you can pick that. Get them to your page and have the next campaign with the target content view. So they actually click and reach the page. After that, if they've already seen the page and they haven't purchased, you get them to see the product page or add to cart. And step by step, you actually finally, it's like one first date, uh, first uh, getaway together, proposal, yeah, you, marriage. You basically, you just guide them through whatever you exactly. want them to go. Because you don't, uh, there's not a lot of services or products that it's an impulse buy and you just get it. It's like, I mean, there are some, and I've seen these happen even recently, a client that only, what only worked was impulse buying. But it was tickets to basically win a car. So it's going to be an impulse buy. The longer you think about it, the less of a chance that you're actually going to do it. So what worked for them will work for them, but there is, that basically just proves that if there's a good practice, there's going to be an exception to the rule. And there's no such thing as one size fits all to all this. That's why we always have to look into this given account, we have to look into the audit, we have to talk to the company in order to figure out which path should we follow. Because I can't just sell 10 the same growth hacks, no, we don't sell growth hacks, we sell tactics based on strategies, and more systematic thing. Because if we sold 10 growth hacks to everybody, We'd be long gone and long out of business, and this company's been around for over five years. Do you, do you think is the main block for companies to to understand this is that the is literally the lack of understanding of marketing? Yeah, is education. A lot of companies that I know, I mean, I've been hired by companies just to say, "Well, you're the marketing guy, so Facebook, Twitter," and mm -hmm. there's not really an understanding of the basis of marketing, and yeah. and. Based on that, um, right now everybody's talking about marketing related to content. Before it was mar 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 uh, marketing and PPC, marketing and Facebook, marketing and social media, and, and now it's like, all right, content is mm -hmm. the thing. Like how how you see the approach of content that companies are having right now? Because I, I see a lot of content everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, including me. Uh, but I also see a lot of uh, miss. Oh yeah, missed shots. Yeah, really, just hitting the woods instead of the target. And and without trying to go too political, but especially with the with the things that have been happening, a lot of companies are like, well, we need to put content on what's happening right now. So yeah. let's show that we care. Real time marketing, yeah. like the rainbow logo or mm -hmm. all Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, but content itself. Content, yeah, yes. like what, what, I agree what because even for myself at Ladder, content's been the major driver of leads. And we are investing in content all the time. Um, pretty interesting thing that around content we did recently is we did put together a report about emerging channels, which we made free when you shared it with 10 other people. Actually, I'm going to put a blog post about it tomorrow. It's about virality, where some people think, okay, I'm going to put content out. People are going to see it. Everybody's going to reach it because it's so awesome. But now there needs to be content promotion, 100%. Good content needs to be promoted to see other people and for them to be able to share it, to have the K coefficient. K coefficient is uh, per one user, how many other shares are there going to be? Mm -hmm. How many users are they going to bring? If it's above one, then you've got exponential growth because every one new user gets you, for example, 1.1 or even two new users. That grows like... Yeah. It grows me like, like, like me after donuts. <laughs> 
Uh, so just remind me to, um, or send me the link of uh, what, uh, the stuff that you're going to put out yeah. so we can add it to the... I'll publish it tomorrow. I'll send it out in, a, in our newsletter. Cool. So uh, definitely, definitely the recommend it. It's a big piece, five and a half thousand words, but it's totally worth it. What we actually did is we incentivized this, but we put some budget into it. We put some promotion into it, and then it started rolling, and it's been a pretty cool experiment. It's not that big of scale, but it's a cool thing to see. But nonetheless, content is awesome when it's quality. Quality. quality content, yeah. I see a lot of content that is just subpar, and I'm like, why did I read this? Can I get the five minutes of my life back? Because it's just so basic. It's like written for the search engine, or but that's, that's the thing. I mean, that's the whole SEO writer, right? And and I've seen friends and companies lately asking for, oh, I need someone who can write for SEO. The and it's thing, like SEO yeah. is not your customer. Well, why would you like? Uh, why would you focus all of your energy just to getting the right keyword? Yeah, and exactly. And the thing is with the Google algorithm is that it's gotten so smart to the point where finally it actually sees the engagement on your blog post and it's very valuable to it in order to rank you. If there are people who are going to take their time, they're going to read it, they're not going to bounce, then it's going to be highly appreciated rather than you just stuff it with keywords, which no longer works. You just make it SEO friendly for a lot of cool, good practices, but people don't read it. People just bounce, just leave it right after. Then it's not going to be perceived as well. That's why I like this change towards being the customer centric uh, content creation, which basically means that you're making the content for people instead of just for the engine of, of, S of Google. And that's why I love writing about the things that I see around in, in my agency and I can know, I know that this this works, or there's a cool case study, or there's a new thing happening on Google Ads, for example. Like, actually, there's a cool thing going on with Google <laughs> Ads that I want to write about. They're going very heavy on creatives, where it's not going to be much optimization manually done anymore. They're moving towards you just give us the creatives, the copy. We're going to do the rest. The algorithm is going to learn oh, it all. Wow. So that's going to be a huge change. Again, follows this the the route where which we've been preaching for years, where you have to pick the right audience, the right creative, the right copy, figure out which works and understand them better through this. What they click, what, what do they convert on? And that gives you a better understanding. I, th I think the problem is that the companies are not agile enough. And I hate to use the word agile because it's, it's overused. One of, uh, yeah, it's one like of my... Like synergy. <laughs> Innovation. <laughs> I forgot. I'll, I'll bring it up later. But yeah, um, <coughs> this... this ability to adapt to change mm -hmm. that companies don't have because um, they get this idea of <laughs> this is our company way this is how we do things yeah. here and and if they they don't figure out how to like oh well we've, we've been doing all this content bad for a year mm -hmm. and they don't know how to move it out of there how to get out of the hole because they've been digging it too deep yeah and, and it's going, sometimes too difficult to admit that you made a wrong uh, choice and to start doing it otherwise so they just keep going in the wrong direction anyway I, I, I hope companies are going to start appreciating uh, marketing people, CMOs or, or whatever, that they can say, yep, we messed it up. We The whole six months that we spent doing that, it was wrong. Being but, humble. Exactly. But we learned so much that we're not going to do that mistake again. Yeah. So we're saving tons of money. Oh, yeah. Um, failures are not failures if you learn from them. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. And it sounds super cliche, but it's true. It's, it's, 100%. It's, it's the base of growth. Basically. Marketing. Marketing. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we got. Do you that. think videos, um, videos really topping content? Do you think when companies turn to video, it's, yeah, it's better? Videos are huge just because the attention span is shorter, and they're good for like at least top of funnel. 
but also when it comes to helping explain different concepts because people have less and less time to devote to your like the, the blog post I'm about to publish five and a half thousand words it's a huge commitment of yep. time it's gonna be like half an hour for or 20 minutes depending on how fast but you whoever, read whoever is reading the, that is because they care yeah and, and also like myself I understand better and learn better when I read than when I listen because when I listen I know I tend to just read from my phone and start doing some other stuff and it just gets blurry and I don't remember everything which is not really the point so video is really cool and attention grabbing especially that everybody's on social media these days that on social media if you want to get somebody's attention you need to be that flashy kind of guy that gets this thing going that things are moving that there's something happening like everybody knows the the one dollar uh, shave club and or one dollar beard club where you basically had this viral video that promoted them that got them to the huge unicorn status and finally got them sold and it was the virality that helped them there and and the reason why i brought up video is because i want to ask about my favorite app to hate TikTok. oh everybody hates TikTok. Uh, no. but but i see so much and so many um marketers if you want to call them that way <laughs> that they are preaching that TikTok is the future and they have courses and they have mm -hmm. uh, agencies set up around how yeah. your your company and and i did my time in TikTok. i spent uh, at least six months watching it most days which it was painful but i started seeing the, the change i mean uh first it's just it's just user content and then mm -hmm. suddenly you start seeing companies. these little clips of people and and i'm sorry of companies and brands getting in there but in my opinion, and it's very personal, it's cringy. I, I don't like to see a brand mm -hmm. in something that is very user-orientated. I mean, it, uh, the whole idea of TikTok for me is like, all right, fine. I, it's, I think it's super fun for you guys to post funny videos of yourself doing whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're pushing it very hard. Um, I mean, gamers are taking over. Um, companies are pushing more content that is cringy or not or um, it might be working. Mm -hmm. But how do you see this TikTok idea? Or do you, do you think it's gonna last? Or? I would compare it to Reddit ads. Okay. Reddit well, ads a... are very difficult to get working, basically because Reddit is such a closed environment where people are very used to a certain star standard of things. That's why ads just don't work because they stand out and they're not very much Reddit-like. I think that's going to be similar for TikTok when it comes to people are walk, go there for just fun. It's not like Facebook where you want to see your friends. Uh, that's, date. that's the thing. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect uh, being in Reddit. Is it, why is there an ad in Reddit? Uh, I, I, they got to monetize. Yeah, them. exactly. I mean, I don't want to see it. Otherwise, like like when Zuckerberg went into the Congress, like how does Facebook make money? Oh, we sell ads. That's how social media works. That's where you get the money. You first get the network effect where you get tons of people like TikTok now. Even though, have you heard about the recent story where India has basically given TikTok one stars all I over know. the place? I know, I was just reading it the other day. they just hated it because there was some kind of a conflict. Nonetheless, as a matter of fact, I think this week uh, we have some calls with the TikTok uh, reps in our agency to see how we can advertise on it. But it's just a first step. But nonetheless, I think there is going to be a huge entry barrier in terms of 
actually understanding the context of TikTok and applying it to your videos, to your ads, to the promotion in order to make it seamless. Because otherwise, it's just going to be like a, like a fist next to a nose. It just doesn't go together. Because it's, it's, TikTok is also evolving. I mean, um, uh, I was telling you this. I started using LinkedIn heavily in September. Before that, I was using it just to look for jobs. And if you look at what, what was happening in LinkedIn in like 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. it was just a, basically an ad, uh, a job ad page. You Pretty would much. go there and just like, all right, well, I need a job, guys. Who can hook me up with someone, blah, blah, blah. But nowadays, it's a content machine, for better or worse. And TikTok is, is probably going to change, too. Is I mean, I was saying about the gamers. I mean, gamers are taking over more than the silly dances. I mean, you still see a lot of dancing uh, young people. Mm -hmm. But now that the gamers are taking over, like putting clips of the games and, and mm, people's hooking up. See that. It's, it's getting very interesting in the side. Now, that's, that's a positive, I mean, positive if you want to call it, TikTok. But it's, it's a good example of like where something is happening, right? Something is, mm -hmm. it's a sort of an innovation of whatever we started with the little gifts and uh, what was the name of the, the one that closed and then they opened a new, damn, I forgot. It was a very popular five seconds loop uh, application. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, I remember that. Damn. But, but it was just so big. It's Please put it in the comment if you if you remember, because I forgot. Oh. Anyways, it was huge. They closed down, and then TikTok came sort of to replace that, right? Um, then a bunch of boomers, and I don't like talking bad about um, about other companies because I. Huh? No, no. No, it's not Snapchat. It's. It was like Vimeo, but different. It's something like V. Yeah, I remember. Anyways. Anyways. So. Going back to this um, idea of the video stuff, this bunch of boomers with good connections, venture capitalists said, look, we need a billion dollars or whatever money to create something like TikTok, but better and monetize it better. And Quibi came. What? Oh, man, I, I, I have my uh, love and hate relationship with this um, app. So it's 10 minutes, up to 10 minutes of content. And you subscribe to the content. So you have to pay. It's not like TikTok that you just put stuff and you just enjoy mm -hmm. it. Here they had the idea of um, we're going to have millions of users because people really want to get into video and they will be happy to pay. But nope, people is not willing to pay for silly videos. So even if it's short episodes of, of series, damn it, you have Netflix, you have YouTube. Hulu, YouTube, I mean, name it. And what happened with Quibi is like they put all this money, right, into let's create this idea of like we're going to take over TikTok and take over any sort of video content platform. And they had, I think they had 10, they wanted to get 10 million users by the end of the first quarter that they started something like that. And they said, actually, we're going to stick to 2 million. This is because of the lockdown and, and things are like, just people don't want to pay for those things. People like enjoying the content, yeah. the video content of TikTok or the style of, of TikTok. Course. But yeah, I just want to talk about Quibi because it's a very, very interesting example. I'm glad we, I'm, I'm glad you were able to take this off your shoulders. I feel better now. So let's go back to, <laughs> let's go back to the future of content. So. One thing that mm -hmm. you mentioned just, just before the, the, the TikTok uh, part is about the adaptation. And it's not about being agility. It's about adaptation of companies, which actually hit our jackpot because we just built a framework at Ladder that I've been promoting for the last few weeks. It's called Adaptive Growth, where basically 
you need to understand what works for you. So you'd figure out what channels you're going to be investing in. And usually a lot of companies that basically start with one marketer, like you mentioned, like mm-hmm. a T-shaped marketer, which is a very common concept that I know you guys also use at live chat. Uh, so somebody who's going to be able to validate which works, which channel work, which channels don't work. And then you're going to be able to decide who do I hire? Because only then you've validated, you yeah. made a actual business case. Okay, I'm going to need a social media manager. I'm going to need a videographer to put videos on. I'm going to need a copyright. I'm going to need a PPC expert. And then you actually choose those, those titles and then you go deeper because it's just specialization that works. And, and you have to figure out which specialist do you need? Because if I start doing Facebook ads for somebody, I might figure out if it works or not, but I'm, not, I'm no expert. I'm not going to be able to go that deep in order to bring them world-class ROI. And only then by following these three steps, uh, well, to start with at least, uh, figure out what channels, start hiring people, scale it, and optimize, audit I'd, it. I think that that's a brilliant recommendation because um, companies start by, all right, we need a social media person yeah, quickly. right? You might not even be in social media. Maybe people will not care about your brand exactly. in social media. Just recently I had an interview because I'm hiring for my team and, and the girl I was interviewing was like, wow, this is so, so new to me that you actually know exactly what this person is going to do. Like, you know exactly what you need from, from this new person in your team because, yeah, that's, that's the approach actually I follow in my, which I'm a one-person team right now, which is what I preach what I do. I figure out where do I want to invest based on what works, based on where am I just not having enough time to, to work on it. And then I hire or find a freelancer to help me with that because only that way is there a real business case other than... I think we should do PPC because our competition is doing it. You know, it's popular. And Facebook ads, yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah. I should do Facebook. And that's how companies start making negative revenue because they just go with the hunch. Spending money, it's yeah. an opinion. You don't have data to support it. It's not an actual idea. It's an opinion. And we have a saying at Ladder, if there's no data to support your opinion, it's trash. Interesting that um, once, not too long ago, actually, um, I get a call from a company. It was like, look, we're looking for a CMO. We would like to talk to you. I'm like, nice, CMO is my Always thing. Worth I, talking. I love it. All right, let's talk. Ego up high. Yeah, exactly. Bring it on. And it was a group of CTO, CEO, and some dude. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. And the first thing was, like, well, we need someone that can do the stuff that we don't know how to do. I was like, all right, well, sure. Reasonable. That's reasonable. That's why you hire people, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, we would like you know, we would like to present you a plan of the things that we want you to do the first quarter. So that's when I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like you hire me because you don't know marketing, but you want to give me a plan of what to do. Like so, yeah, yeah, because um, we 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 know the product better than you do. So, and and that approach was so bad. I'm like, All right, you know what? I, I don't think we need we should keep talking about this anymore. I'm, I'm sure you just and they end up hiring. A content writer. That was it. They want a CMO to take care of the whole marketing strategy. <laughs> and they end up hiring a, a content writer that I know. And he's having a terrible time because um, they're basically saying, like, all right, well, after you write your blog post, can you do some posts in Facebook? Uh, okay. And also, if you can check uh, Google Ads, maybe we should get into Google. And they, they I mean, they showed that yeah. the concept was so, so, so wrong and, and they really didn't know how <laughs> to grow. So I really, really um, think that the advice or, or the, the, 
the concept that you're talking about is yeah start with start with trying start with like uh, get yeah. someone who understand the whole picture and but start okay. small don't, yeah. don't do spaghetti against the wall start small start with one two maybe three channels and then see what works because if you do too many things you're not going to be able to explore it fully you're just going to be throwing things left and right without any idea of what am I doing? What's the plan? What's the strategy behind this? No, there isn't one. There is just, let's try things, which is never really a good idea unless you're a teenager in a club. I was there once. We long, all were. Long, long time ago. <laughs> what's, what's next for Lather? What's, what's the future bringing for you guys? Actually, oh, I just wanted to touch that point on the CMO first before I get into that. It's, we had a lot of clients that have been, had the same approach where they hire an agency, which we're supposed to be the experts in our area, but they know better. They want to put, uh, they want to lead us in a given direction. And too many times have we let them do it to see that this is the wrong approach, that they are not happy any, at the end of the day, because even though we're doing what they want, it doesn't bring the results they want. They're like, they're like, what's wrong why here? doesn't it yeah. work? Then what's I wonder happening? why. Yeah. We, I think we told you so. But then we really have to. St uh, we we started using much much more the argument. Hey, wait! You hired us to do our job. Let us do our job. We're the experts in the area. You're very helpful because you have the context about your company, so we can bounce bounce ideas off of each other. Because that way we combine the context with the expertise together. We have much bigger probability of getting the job done, and that works. That builds trust. That builds understanding. <clears throat> Other than. Guys, guys, start doing this and that because I, I've, I've, I heard my friend CEO talk about it. Okay. I saw a TED talk. About <laughs> yeah, that's what CEOs watch now yeah. instead of masterclass. I was watching a TED yeah, talk. Yeah, I saw it on TikTok, man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I've seen it too many times, and and everybody does it. Like they want what's good for them, and they mean well. Like with CEOs, they mean well. Of course. But. They just don't know how to best package that and how to emote that in intention. Yeah. Yes. What's next for ladder? Well, adaptive growth. We're really pushing this concept. We really we even think about copywriting it. Oh right. Wait, I shouldn't say that. Everybody's gonna want to do it now. Sorry, oh! NDA everyone, NDA. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so we're pushing heavy on adaptive growth. We're figuring out how to show it to more companies because we've seen that the education is a key element. We need to educate our clients for them to understand the actual approach that we're taking, which we mean well for them because if the, the concept is, if we have happy clients, they're gonna take care of our company, they're gonna refer us to more clients. Uh, well, it all starts with uh, employees because we're a service company. So if we have happy employees, they're gonna take care of clients. Exactly. Clients gonna take care of us and it's a circle of life. But that's a deeper concept and it's more HR which I've done a fair share of. <laughs> Nonetheless, latter now we are focusing on specialist teams where we have a team of strategists who are leading the relationships, figuring out which direction to follow, what are the goals, managing the project, and working with all the other teams. And we have four other specialist teams right now uh, and using some other external talent to supply some more expertise because right now in house we have the social ads, search ads, creative, and CRO. And if need be, we can supply more services. But nonetheless, we think this is the core that we are actually thinking of expanding soon because what we do, we, we preach what we do, really. We first figure out if there's demand for it, do it through some uh, outside parties that are verified, of course, and high quality. And then we invest in the team internally 
to know that this is a positive ROI investment. So you're basically I, applying your advice yeah. to your own company, of course. Literally, literally. We are growing a growth agency, yeah. so we have to apply what we do. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, exactly. that would be complete bullshit and blasphemy. <laughs> I mean, it's I don't want to do any political things, but it would be like you say, promise people one thing and you're doing another. And like, come on, dude. Yeah, that doesn't work much. That's not it. So I um, just want to encourage you guys, uh, go and check Ladder.io, uh, the stuff that they do. They have tons of guides, tons of things that you can just download. Uh, and if you want to catch Atomic, we also belong to Growth Mentor. Yeah, Grumetter is cool. It is a cool place. Go and check it out because you can just uh, book a call with uh, with Tomek, with myself, with a bunch of very good experts. We have a bunch of people from Ladder there, and all of us are for free, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of free calls, and um, they're fun. I, I've been in a few, and they're very fun. So check Growth, uh, Growth Mentor, check Ladder, and don't forget to subscribe and join us next time. Thank you, Tomek. We'll see you for sure in a different episode. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be in season opener. I feel like Monica and Chandler are getting married. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks. Bye-bye. My name is Marcos Bravo, and this was Incoming Chat. Thank you for joining us today. Do not miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time. Incoming Chat. <laughs>